I'm Alan Kogan. Join me as I tour the country tasting different whiskeys and discussing the craft of distillation with local distillers, whiskey lovers, and even those who are new to the culture of spirits. Welcome to The Kogan Conversation. In this episode, I sat down with Evan Hughes, the co-owner of the Central Standard Craft Distillery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. So Evan, we're here at the Central Standard Distillery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, my hometown, so it's very special for me, but I've actually never been here, which shame on me. That is shame on you. <laughs> but better, no better reason than to come here and talk to you about the whiskey. You gotta come back and visit your parents more, man. <laughs> come on. Don't tell them that. <laughs> but I, I, I've had a Red Cabin before. I've had the Cabin Strength before. It's great bourbon. I love it. Um, but I know you're here and I, I, I thought, why not reach out while I'm in town? So tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got into the space, and tell me about Central Standard. Sure. Um, that's, that's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> so I'll start with, with myself. So we, um, I, my background is, is really in, in publishing actually. So I'm originally from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, went to school up in the twin cities and kind of made a, a tour around the West coast, um, Denver, Scottsdale, and then made my way back to the Midwest. So I started, um, when I was in Arizona with some friends, a magazine called draft magazine. It was a lifestyle magazine uh, for craft beer. And so, although at the time in 2006, I, I was really into craft beer, I still love craft beer. Um, I found myself in my travels starting to cheat on beer with spirits. <laughs> and I've always I've always loved cocktails. And, and whether that's having some elevated cocktails at, at, um, at a bar or restaurant or getting creative at my house, um, it was it was kind of an amalgamation of what brought me to this point. So. Um, in 2012, my business partner and I, uh, his name's Pat, um, we, it was 2012, we just started talking about like, we should start a side business. We both, I still had Draft Magazine. He was a, a, a bank, corporate banker. And um, we would get together and, and try different spirits that we would collect from our travels around the country. And it was always craft stuff, right? And we were, we leaned towards bourbon and rye, but anything we could get our hands on. Sure. We get together every quarter or so. And, uh, and try stuff. And and at the time, um, kind of our peer group, there was a lot of negativity around being a younger entrepreneur in Milwaukee and, and how the city wasn't supportive. And we kind of found ourselves talking in that same same manner. And and we really didn't know that was true or not. So we wanted to start something small on the side that would be fun. This I should say that this was before we both had kids as well, <laughs> when we had myriads of, of, uh, of, of free time. Um, but we would get together, had a bunch of really bad ideas for businesses. I think one was um, like a single use men's like pre-soaped loofah. Oh. He still thinks we should have done that, which <laughs> like I would have never used it. Um, so one evening we we did uh, very much unintentionally or intentionally overserve ourselves. Um, and we just looked at each other like, we. this is what brings us together. Spirits bring us together. Um, and we we literally back the napkin that evening in 2012. Wow. Yep. That's cool. I know. So when did you open? So we opened in 2004. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm sorry, 2014. Gosh, yeah. I know what you meant. Um. Yeah. 2014. Very cool. Ah, oh, that's see, and that's that's part of why I'm doing this. Why I want to talk to you is because a lot of what I love about craft distilleries and just whiskey in general, I and mean, even the big players, it brings people together. I mean, I know all my friend group because of sharing whiskey over a campfire, yeah. having a cigar, enjoying cocktails and playing with different things. So our tagline is actually crafted together. That's awesome. Yeah. 
it, that, that's great. What, what does it mean to you to be part of a craft distillery bringing people together in the state of Wisconsin that you're from? Well, for us, it started, you know, Pat um, was a banker. I was a publisher. Um, we didn't really have any creative outlets at all, sure. right? So, I mean, Pat is a creative man. I mean, I think that bankers that are creative, like generally go to jail. So um, it was probably good that he wasn't creative, but it, it really started out of the pride from where we are from, mm-hmm. where we live and and bringing people together um, as well as giving ourselves that creative outlet that we we really didn't have at the time. Right. That's awesome. What So tell me a little about your spirit. What makes Central Standard unique? There's so many craft distilleries out there. I think we're all in the same community in business that, I mean, there's no competition other than just name recognition, but what makes you unique? So I'll, before I answer the unique question, I think that one thing that we've done intentionally, um, when we first started in 2014, our first, I would say our first three batches were not great. I mean, we, <laughs> we like had an idea because again, this is our first chance at creativity in our lives. Um, we had an idea of what we wanted. And, and so we had hundred percent Wisconsin wide rye vodka. It was really good. It just, if you were mixing a cranberry vodka at noon, it it tasted weird, right? Like that rye gave it a lot of spiciness and sweetness and it was different. So if you're buying a $30 bottle of craft vodka and, and it doesn't mix with what you're used to, it didn't, it didn't move, right? And right. we had an oat whiskey and a lightly juniper gin. So like, like a plussed up vodka gin. And, <laughs> and like, again, it was because there, it was intentionally done. But it just wasn't it didn't sell and and looking back on it it's you know we feel a little foolish but like it wasn't great (laughs) sure um but we're you know we're adult enough to understand like we we didn't know what we were doing and and so it took us a while to to really get to a place of not only confidence on the technological side of distilling i mean there's no roadmap for a business like this you know in in brewing you can you can home brew you know if you're proficient you know if you're good at it um we we didn't right and so you know we were distilling our first batches two years after we had an idea. We didn't know if we knew how to do it. So um, from there, like most craft distilleries, I think you don't really know what you don't know until you try a bunch of stuff. And so we had a bunch of different different products, um, you know, gins. We've got, we had rye whiskeys. We had bourbons. We had different vodkas. We had brandies. We had, we had all this stuff. And then all these like limited time offer things. And, and, it, and for us, it was... I think what was unique about us is as a craft distiller, we said, all right, we can't expect our distributor partners to, to, to sell 14 different things. Like we need to really understand what we're good at mm-hmm. and what we feel like our fans want, right? right. So, so we really thinned the herd down to like four core items. And for us, that's Door County Cherry Vodka, uh, North Brandy and Red Cabin Bourbon, right? So those are the most widely distributed of our products. Um, and they all have a unique twist, right? Whether it's it's time and a place where, you know, Red Cabin, you know, the label of it is, it's got a cabin on it. Um, that's my cabin from growing up. Oh, that's cool. Um, we finish it in Cabernet wine barrels from California. It's red wine cab in the barrel. I mean, it's like, it, it all comes together. And, and honestly, like to, for me, this is like sitting around a campfire with your friends and enjoying each other's company and having a good bourbon. Absolutely. Um, and Door County Cherry, the same thing. You know, I mean, it's got a time and a place. Yeah, that's awesome. I Do you source a lot of the materials that you use or ingredients you use from Wisconsin? Oh yeah, most of them. Awesome. Vast majority of them. Very cool. Um, in fact, we work with, for 
our <clears throat> rye and corn and barley, we work with a single farmer in Ottawa, Wisconsin, which is by Dousman Oconomowoc area. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's within 30 miles of Milwaukee. Right. Very and that's cool. where the majority of our grain comes from. Or Sequest Orchards up in Sister Bay, they press our or our um, our cherry juice for us. Right. At Harvest and Sequest, or I'm sorry, um, uh, the, we work with a, far, a beekeeper up in in uh, Germantown for our we back sweeten the the tartness of the cherries in the Door County, but it's all it's all local. I mean, we've poured we've poured some Red Cabin, and I, let's start there. You've poured we've poured some Red Cabin. We're sipping on it while we're talking. Tell me about that. That's your benchmark bourbon that everyone knows that I know that I've yep. had before. Tell me about it. So this is actually this out of everything that we have, I, I find myself drinking Red Cabin the most <laughs> at home. Right, I don't drink a ton at home, but this is this is probably my go to. Um, whether I'm making cocktails or generally I'm sipping it just on its own. Um, for us, this was the first bourbon. When we started, we had a whole bunch of different mash bills. We had different sized barrels. And and you kind of in the bourbon business, you got to try some stuff, right? And it doesn't always work. And mm-hmm. you kind of, you understand after six months, okay, it's progressing correct, you know, the way we want. After 12, 12 months, it's a little better. A couple of years, like you start understanding the direction that they're going to go and what flavors are going to be coming out of it. So you kind of got to take a, a bit of a leap of faith too, when it comes to to bourbon, it's like, I would say it's probably the dumbest business. <laughs> like you have to hire people, build the infrastructure, buy the expensive barrels, buy all the raw materials, all the ingredients. You got to make it, you got to put all that money up front. You put it on a barrel and you're like, shit, <laughs> hope that's good someday. Right. Hope we get our money back. <laughs> Um, but again, if it's it's a decision to get into that, um, and for us, uh, Red Cabin um, was our best start in our opinion, and and it's aged about five years, um, and then we we plus it up even more with a with finishing it in the California Cabernet wine barrels for about thirty to sixty days. They're all different. Yeah, that cap finish is strong. I yeah. love that. I love that sweetness. Yeah. I'm a big cap guy too. So, well, we we really liked it. Um, and the one thing that I would say is different about this one than than other kind of peers in that category is is we have it at 85 proof mm. um at 90 or anything above 90 like the you get a lot of it on the finish right yep. when you breathe out um it just disappeared for the most part right i mean you could still kind of but like it, we really get it at 85 sure so we kept it there when when you first started was it were you just starting with your own mash or did you source any from mgp just to start out in the beginning how do you No, that's why we had an oat whiskey <laughs> Um, it was basically oat moonshine. <laughs> um, no, we didn't source anything um, from from the bulk guys. Um, we we started we, again, like I said, like just different size barrels, different chars, um, different mash bills, and I would say we pro- we still have some of those barrels, um, which is going to be. We haven't tried those in a while. We should probably get back to that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, almost like a like a nostalgic. This is where we started sure. thing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Are there any things that you're experimenting with, experimenting with that you're excited to see? Oh yeah, we have a lot. Of, we have in the bourbon side of things, um, we've got some interesting innovation that we're working on for next year for okay. sure. And it's um, nothing I'm I'm ready to say on a microphone yet, but <laughs> or commit to email. But I, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty pretty incredible. And and the one thing that that we have an advantage, and not I wouldn't say advantage, um, we've got this great downtown distillery experience yeah. and, and it's really become that focus group for us and when we start doing these things we start teasing them out a little bit and and just getting getting like raw feedback like what what i like and what pat likes and our chief commercial officer jim like 
you know, we all, sometimes it can be an echo chamber and we get really excited about something and then it doesn't perform when we commercialize it. So we've tried to do a lot better job, um, you know, talking to our fans about it, talking to the people that, that want to support us and, and getting their feedback. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit more about Milwaukee because the community here is strong. I mean, I, I love this place whenever I come home. You moved away, man. I, well, I got you a gotta job. You got to come back. I got a job that paid well. Oh, man. That affords uh, me I, to come back and... <laughs> I, I, I suppose I that's okay. <laughs> no, Milwaukee, I mean, the renaissance in Milwaukee has been incredible. Yeah. I mean, I moved here, so I'll just, I'll say this into a microphone. I might regret it, but... Um, <laughs> You know, growing up in Oshkosh, we we would come down to Milwaukee for like a Bucks game, yeah. and um, or come to a, a nice dinner, and and it was always my parents being like, "Oh, it's so dangerous, so dangerous," and and so like I moved up here from Chicago at the time. My I got engaged, and my fiance lived here, and I wasn't I wasn't really all that stoked to come back. Um, that was in two thousand eight, and and like moving from Chicago, you know, she was thinking about moving down there. I'm like, well, we'll go back and visit we have not gone back once we love it here i mean it was like really i think at that i don't think it had anything to do with me moving here but right around 2008 like tons of construction lots of exciting restaurants opening um lots of exciting craft businesses whether that's whether it's alcohol craft businesses or just other craft businesses um really started around that time and and it's only gotten better I mean, part of the community, have you been a part of different festivals, different things that you do? I, I, have you really taken advantage of the new Pfizer Forum District? What, what, what is, what's going on with the symbiotic relationship between you and the community? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been fortunate. We're, we've got great um, distribution at a lot of the fairs and festivals. Cool. A lot of the arenas, you know, um, I'm going to a Brewers game tonight and American Family Field carries most of our stuff. It's and Miller, Miller Park, but yeah. Yes, yeah, it is Miller Park. <laughs> I actually, did you see I had to stop and yeah. like think, say the right word? Um, but no, we've, we've been super, super fortunate. The community, I would say in Southeast Wisconsin, um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're going to go out on a limb, you're going to invest your, your life savings into doing something, you know, you got to deliver on, on the product that you're selling, but they're super supportive. And I think that that's different than other markets. I think, Yeah. uh, you know, you go to larger cities and it's, it's very much pay for play. Um, and, and I would say in Milwaukee, people are like, Hey, you're, you know, you're one of us, you know, you're doing the right things. Um, you know, we want to support you back, which has been great. Do you do any uh, relationships with uh, like Great Lakes or because I mean, really, honestly, you and Great Lakes are they really only Milwaukee distilleries other than is it Twisted? Uh, yeah, Twisted they're not, Path. They're not whiskey, but yeah, they have some whiskey stuff. Do, do they? Oh, yeah, bad. they do. Um, and Brian's a good guy. So we're all um, I would say we're frenemies. Um, <laughs> we are all good. Honestly, we're all good friends. And, you know, we've always we've all helped each other out at, at certain points. And um We've not done a collaboration um, with them, but you know we certainly talk a lot and and um, are helpful to each other for sure. Very cool. What about the cap finish? Do you use any Wisconsin wines? How does that work? We don't. Um, however, I'm I'm actually I've gotten over the past two years I've gotten into a lot more Wisconsin wine. I, I do enjoy wine. My wife loves wine. Um, I, I guess I was always intimidated on the wine side in Wisconsin because I didn't understand like I didn't know what a lacrosse grape was. I, right. I had no idea what some of the varietals were. And I think the Wisconsin wineries have have really, I think it used to be trying to make something that people would understand. And now they're like, hey, this is who we are. Our, our ingredients, our grapes are fantastic for what we're making. And I've really gotten into a, a lot of different Wisconsin wines. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. What, well, and I have to ask too, because it's Wisconsin and Milwaukee, anything coming up with beer finishes? 
Yes, I forgot to answer your question on the previous one. We don't use any Wisconsin wine barrels currently right. uh, for Red Cabin. So we work with a company in in Napa where when we get the barrels, we, we buy them. They work with like 10 different wineries in Napa, but we don't know what wineries. They, they like irritatingly sand off the brand names from the wineries. <laughs> um, but we know that it's consistent and and they've, they've been a really good partner. And, and maybe someday we'll be able to talk them into telling us who it's actually from. Um, but your next question was beer, beer. Yeah. So we have, we've done some really cool stuff, not on the bourbon side, mm. but on the, on the brandy side with, with beer partnerships. So, um, the first one we did with, was with, uh, toppling Goliath, um, out of Iowa. Yeah. That was, that is, so, it's so delicious. It's awesome. And the great part about brandy is that you can, um, you can make like a traditional Wisconsin old fashioned with some of these riffs on like a normal brandy. Yeah. And it's, it's a different experience, but it's awesome. It's so much fun. Um, the toppling one we did, we, we used one of their, some of their assassin barrels mm-hmm. and, and just took our, our finished brandy and then, and then put it in the barrel. Um, and then we did something similar with hinterland up in green Bay. That was also delicious. It's like a cherry wheat that they have. Wow. And that was a, a similar process as well. And and then we did one last year with uh, Hofbrau Munich, which uh, ended up being one of the seven finalists for the Innovation Award for Discus nationally. And we're doing it again this year. The process on that's much different. So Hofbrau, they have a little bit more history than, than we do here at Central Standard, um, like 400 years more experience. <laughs> but they don't put anything in barrels. So we, there's like, like the you know that that like partnership that we had with other other breweries wouldn't work with them right so we actually had to um you know they shipped us beer uh their delicator awesome beer um and we had to to like de-elk it mm. um and then apply like a bunch of filtration to it. like so we could actually get the beer in in like the the whole amalgamation of of like the brandy and the Hofbra beer it sounds it's like one of those things that like I'm telling the story now it's like sounds super easy. <laughs> It was incredibly difficult, um, but the final product was was absolutely awesome. And so it tastes on it like dark forest, like like black chocolate cake. Ooh, black that's... forest, black forest cake, not dark forest. Whatever I said, black, black forest, forest, Germany. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It is really good. You say, you, that's what you're having. It's yeah. a, a chocolate brandy. That might be just chocolate brandy, but it does have chocolate notes in the in the from the beer when it comes together with the brandy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you give your barrels that you've aged anything in to other places? We do. Um, you know, we we give them to other breweries that want to do fun stuff with them. Um, we try. We don't really sell them a lot. Sure. Um, it, for us, again, going back to that creativity when we started, it, it's cool for for Pat, Jim, and I to to take something that we're really proud of and give it to somebody else that's going to be creative with it. And, and honestly, like, you know. We don't know what they're going to do with it. And and we've we've gotten to try some really cool stuff. That's really cool. So I guess let's go down the line. We just had sure. some Red Cabin. Yep. Um, what's next? What's, uh, what's the next in line? What do you, you want, think? man? So why don't, we, why don't we try it since we're on the... So we did bourbon first. Yeah. Kind of went in the opposite order here. Let's do our dockside bourbon. Okay. Tell so me this about is it. Our, this is our bourbon whiskey. Um, this is aged. So this is... It's not the same mash bill as, as Red Cabin. Um, and it's it's much younger, so you're gonna get a lot more oak on this. Okay. So we do have barrels that are laying down that will be released later, but these are it's still a little bit young. Okay. To make you pound oh, your. That was a big gulp. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Well, cheers. 
Cheers. We haven't cheers yet. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, so you get a ton of that oak. That's much more of a toasted, uh, yes, woody. Yep. Very different. So this is this is jar number three. Okay. That we use on this on on dockside. Um, but this one, I enjoy sipping it. This one, I feel like on the if you're just sampling it straight, I feel like Red Cabin has um, a little bit more complexity. Yeah. Dockside, however, holds up a lot better in cocktails. I can so taste a that, lot, yeah. a lot of my a lot of the bourbon cocktails that I make at home or that we serve here um, are with with dockside. It's got a little bit more backbone um, to it than than our red cabin does for cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it does really well. When you, so I know you just said when you're at home, you make cocktails with your own stuff. Maybe you're biased. <laughs> who is who? Who is someone you look up to? Like as far as like a bourbon that you want to attain. That's my flavor profile that I loved. I want to recreate that. Is there anyone that stands out? There's really not, and I, I've actually been asked that question a lot. I don't, I don't really know how to answer it because I'm, I do drink my stuff at home a lot and when we're out. But um, I also have a pretty big bourbon collection, and so I'm not like a, I shouldn't say collection. <laughs> I, I have a lot of bourbon bottles and I open them and I drink them. It's yeah, and <laughs> and it's and that's that's fun and it gives you ideas of things that we're trying to do. I wouldn't say that there's one that that like I just have to seek out and and have. Um, I'd rather seek it out and then as as we get better every year and our R&D team and our distillers get better every year, like we're getting to that, not, we've gotten to that point where we, we can be more nuanced than we were in the start, right? Sure. In the start, it was charred barrel, mash bill, we know how to distill, toss it in a barrel. Now it's like, okay, now we're a lot more scientific about it. And, and I think that, that that comes with being able to invest with, into a lot more like lab equipment yeah, where we're able to be much more scientific and and go for certain flavors now, right? And that's been that's been a fun evolution because, I mean these these businesses whether and it's and that it goes for craft beer and and wine too. Um, there's like no roadmap and and like you don't have the answers day one. All the equipment's different. Everything's different. Um, the water's different. It doesn't matter. And there's so many different variables, and you just got to figure out what works for you and then build that base from there. One of the things I've noticed when I've, I've been doing this and, and doing, you know, kind of traveling around and talking to distillers, especially craft distillers, there's, there seems to be a lot more TLC. I mean, you've been animated about talking your, about your product, which is great, but there's a lot more TLC put into the craft. Not to poo-poo anybody big like Jim, Jim Beam or whatever, right. still good bourbon. Yeah. Uh, lots of history. But do you think there's a little bit to that? How, like the quality of the, of the product and the quality of the things that you're sourcing? Yeah, I think there's a big, there's a pretty big dichotomy in in how they're doing it and how we're doing it. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I I always say like in in beer. So let's use you know a local product here, uh, River Westine from Lakefront. Yeah. If you put that next to a Bud Light, there's absolutely no question that River Westine's a better beer. It's got more color. It has better ingredients. It smells more like beer. It's a better beer. Yep. Whether you prefer that or not is is the question but in in our industry we, there's no there's no separation i mean the story and the process is the separation so you know you said jim beam i, I have nothing against jim beam but no. like if you go to their distillery you, you've got their distiller who is working on giant computer screens moving mashes all automatically and i'm again that's not i'm not saying that's bad it's just different than what we have yeah. You know, we've, we're schlepping around hoses and pumps and moving <laughs> stuff around the old fashioned way. 
And um, and there's also just not that big difference. I mean, they make a great bourbon. We make a great bourbon. It's different, but it's all like really high quality. And and so how do you compete as us, you know, Maker's Mark? I, I mean, that's a good bourbon. That's yeah. $10 less than my bourbon. It's like so irritating to me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, do you think there's any perception in the market though? I think that's starting to shift a little bit. No, I, I agree with you. And there definitely is a perception in the market. And and the way that we're doing things are, is very hands-on right. and it's it's out of necessity and we're not we're not trying to to you know raise money or make enough money where we can afford fancy robots too i mean that's not what we do that doesn't go back to the creativity that started the business and um but yeah i do think that the market is shifting a bit as well and they're seeking out more craft products and and with that um i think it also uh shifts down brand loyalty Sure. Um, not only on the on the craft side, but the big side too. Absolutely. I mean, people drinkers are a lot more promiscuous now, and and when they go into a bar, they're asking questions like, "What's?" Well, they come into our distillery, like, "What's local here?" I'm like, "Well, <laughs> we make everything, so it's like all local." Yeah. Like some of it was made in the basement here, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a cool cool uh, to see the consumer habits changing. I I just talked to uh, the master distiller at George Washington's um, distillery out at Mount Vernon. And what was really cool about him, well, first of all, he's a historian first and foremost, so he knows all the things. He actually wears period clothing while making. It's for real. Yeah, that's cool. It's, I've it, never been. I was there when I was a kid, but yeah, they, it, when I was there for my eighth grade trip, they didn't take us to the distillery part, <laughs> I wonder which why. is like a major miss by my teacher. <laughs> well, if you're ever out there again, um, hit me up, and we'll that'd be a great tour. But it, that'd be so awesome. They they do everything 18th century. Yep. So they, they had to rebuild the distillery. It burned down in 1814, but now they they still use wood uh, wood yeah. fires under the yep. copper still. Yep. And that adds so much variance to the product. For sure. And I mean, obviously, that's kind of, I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a niche thing for them to do. Yeah. No one can do that and say to stay sustainable nowadays. But I still think there's I a lot of wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> but there's a lot more craft to what you do, like you're just talking about. That you have more hands on, you're moving hoses. Right. It's a working distillery rather than just. I mean, I've been to Jimmy before. It's a beautiful facility, but you go in there, there's no one there. Right. And uh, do you hand bottle everything? We do. Well, we have a, a small bottling a line. A small bottling. Have, yeah. I yeah. mean, there's six people working on the line. Yeah. So it's hands on. And there's on. portions that are certainly done by hands. Because <laughs> you look at bottles, and this is one of my issues with the whiskey industry: is you see it handcrafted. Right. It's, it's a bunch of on there. BS yeah. nonsense. So, yeah. how do you get around? How do you get out there? How do you how do you tell people that this is this is what we do? I mean, other than coming on this awesome podcast, but like, <laughs> that's first. We always look for your podcast. So we we I, th- I think for us, um, so Jim, I mentioned him earlier. He's our chief commercial officer. He was he was like very high up at, at Miller Coors. Um, he was not used to our budgets. Oh, sure. Because we don't have budgets. <laughs> so he's like, so what's the marketing budget? I'm like, what? What, do you, what did you say? <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't have those. Um, we can get like a small one for you. But I think for us, it, it really is like, think think like guerrilla marketing. Um, Craft House and Kitchen has been great for us. You know, we, we're really proud to be big in the tourism space in, in Milwaukee. Um, have a lot of local guests, obviously. The food's great. Cocktails are incredible. Um, and it's a really cool, renovated, 150-year-old building uh, with a beautiful rooftop, rooftop, event spaces, all that. Um, so for us, it starts here. Mm-hmm. Like We need to do a, a, a great job here evangelizing people, telling our story. Anytime we can tell our story and get like you know liquid to lips, um, we can convert people and get them to try us. And then it comes down to the distributor relationship a lot, right? Where 
we're working with them on menu placements and and uh, getting into to venues, both large and small, off-premise, on-premise, and then working with them on, on the merchandising and the creative. You know, we've got a really good team of designers that come up with creative ways to position our products in, in a way that, like I said about, you know, Red Cabin with, you know, a bonfire and like just stuff like that where, where it like harkens like memories for people. And, yeah. and, and for us, you know, we do some traditional marketing. Um, it's not a lot. Um, again, being smaller and scrappy, you know, that earned media, the PR, um, doing fun things in the community, giving back to the community for the right reasons. I think that that resonates with with people um, and they are very good at at sniffing out if it's complete bullshit <laughs> and if it's just being done for for Mark for PR. <laughs> right. Um, so it's got to be authentic and, and we have fun with that. And we're super proud with the amount we were able to give back to the community and different charities around here. That's awesome. Is, is any of the in your product outside of the state? Yeah, so we're in. Uh, it's mostly Wisconsin, but right. we're in we're in Michigan, um, <clears throat> Minnesota, and Iowa, and very lightly in I in Illinois. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, very cool. Well, I mean, on that note, I think we should move on. I know uh, we have a ride to try. Yeah, we do. Let's do it. And you just took, saw me take my last sip. I did. I was time, trying to time it well, you so you, it. I wasn't just getting you hammered. You nailed it. You've done this before. <laughs> All right. So this is. So I brought this one out because uh, I know you just did the George Washington. Yes, I love rye um, distillery. So this is our Washington rye. Um, it is used making the same recipe. We don't use bonfires to heat the the product, though. <laughs> um, you don't dress in period garb. We don't. Although we could, um, <laughs> but this is one that, that's only available at Craft House. Um, it's. It, I love this product. Um, there's a ton of complexity in it. It's 65% rye, so you, it's not overly spiced. It's it's a mellower rye, but it's awesome in cocktail. It's super sweet on the nose. I love mm. that. Yeah, and all the it's super sweet on the finish too. Mm. So you, uh, this is all again all all the ingredients in this entire bottle are from Ottawa, Wisconsin. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I find a lot of times ryes are just rye spiced just to be rye spiced. Right. And I mean, I. I friends I've been introduced to rye whiskey is they, they almost misinterpret that rye spice for that, that alcohol burn. Right. And it's like, yeah, that rye is just, that's harsh. Yep. This is a great, I think this would be a great like initial rye offering to someone sure. who's never tried it before. Yep. Because it plays like your bourbon. It's very sweet, very smooth. Yeah. My goodness. I make a good Manhattan. It's, it makes a great Manhattan. Uh, we make a barrel aged Manhattan with it. Oh man. Just for, we've never sold it, but for us, <laughs> it's great. A lot of places I've gone to have 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 showcased their white dog, mm. and I'm sure you. I mean, you probably abide by the same standard. When you have a, a good white dog, a good ingredients, that alone is going to taste good. If you put something yeah. that's crappy in a barrel and age it, it's right. not going to make it better. Right. So tell me a little bit about that process. How you how you you know that that trial and error of learning about. Well, oh, this is this is a miss. What do you do there? We taught ourselves, which I wouldn't recommend that to anyone <laughs> else. It takes longer, but. Like I said, when we first started making our white dog, our, our mash bills, and before putting them in the barrels, we tried them all. And I would say at that point um, in our evolution, we didn't we didn't know what was good and what was bad, mm. honestly. And so there were ones that that we thought were going to be really good that ended up being after sitting in the, the barrel for six months. We're like, we're terrible. I mean, you know, we we dumped a lot of them. And, oh, man. And so um, it was also weird at that point so that was 2014 that was kind of the tail end of of moonshine like being a thing where like people would buy it 
which I it, that was very confusing to me. <laughs> but since we didn't have like a magic wand and we weren't buying bulk, we weren't able to have anything that said whiskey that was aged. So we tried a bunch of different crap, right? So we we did the oat whiskey, which actually was really good. It was a little bit tequila almost. Um, but it was like we made a giant batch of oatmeal, pitched yeast and enzymes and like fermented it and distilled it. It was like a giant batch of oatmeal that was distilled. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it turned out really good and it was very good in cocktails. It just wasn't something that you seek out when you when you see it on the shelf, right? So we, we had actually talked about continuing that one because um, we just kind of personally liked it. Yeah. Just no one else at the store liked it. So we stopped. <laughs> Well, they're wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> everyone's different. Yeah. And we have nothing. We had nothing else to compare it to. So. Right. Right. We got to ask you. I know we have a couple more to try, but what's your favorite? What do you What do you love to bring home? So I would say Red Cabin. I mean, it's just it's such a smooth, mellow, flavorful bourbon. Sure. And I um, so I have I have two kids. They're both awesome. Um, eight and five. So I don't have. Like during the week, if I'm gonna have a cocktail, my cocktail is like Red Cabin on a couple rocks. Yeah. Like that's that's the amount of time I have to make a cocktail <laughs> before I've got to go throw a baseball or do a coloring project, which again is is awesome. But um, I find myself gravitating towards that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I know, <laughs> man. I know, like kids, the kids are, are amazing. They're so much fun, and it's going too fast already. <laughs> well, I I bet. What about anyone that you've had a lot of fun making? Oh man, um, I would you know, I would probably say the Hofbrau one. It was, it was probably one of the most difficult ones we've done, but it took it took like five months for us like of of trial and error. You know, we knew we were onto something, but it was just it took a really long time, and and we changed the process a number of times, and it was like irritating yet rewarding, if that makes any sense. And um, so I really had a fun time doing that one. And the bourbon stuff is always, and rye is always fun because again, you you do all the right things on the start the starting of it, put it in a barrel and it's like, I, you know, you yeah. don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, you have an idea what you're shooting for. Right. But you don't really know. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we've talked before about doing a distillery down the road. And once we, you know, make some money and invest in something down, you know, be, be like a friend distillery, cigar lounge, whatever it might be, but. Yes, I, I think about that now, and I get anxiety about the patience that you have to have for. Well, what, what's what's it like for? I mean, the red cabin's five year. Is that a sweet spot you found, or is you? Is it sometimes a six year? Is it sometimes a four year? Does it depend? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's between four and six. I, it's average of five. Okay. But we never dump more or or less than four barrels. Gotcha. So we and we kind of we taste them all and make sure they're where they need to be. But but we're always blending at least four barrels. Very awesome. So of course you have all your whiskeys. But you also do brandy and you do, do vodka. Yep. Tell me about those. Man, um, well, I'll start with brandy. I, I mean, we, I live, I'm from Wisconsin, man. Like, I think that I... Amen. Um, I, I think the first cocktail I ever had, I was probably not even in high school. And <laughs> um, at a bar with my family, I'm sure it wasn't a full cocktail, but taking sips off my dad's old fashioned. Like, I just love, I love an old fashioned in a number of different ways. Um, and so for us... When we started the distillery, we started working on brandy right away. It took us forever. Um, the first ones we made, we'd had to price them at about $40 on the shelf. That's not going to work. 
Um, and the and the experience was so much different than what you expect, right? So, you know, accounts or, or um, places around Wisconsin have been just blindly um, supporting large multinational corporations that don't have anybody that lives in Wisconsin. They never see anyone from that company. And it's just because they've always done it that way. And I, listen, I can relate. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm not a big fan of change either. None of us are. But, you know, we, it took us a number of years uh, to, to kind of match the experience. If you pour North Brandy next to a large brandy company, um, it's a better experience. I bet. But similar, right? right? So, So, like, you know, if you go to a supper club, you know, X supper club like well this is what we've always done this is what people expect it's like well just try it side by side you know let's let's talk about it and that's how we're able to win um because i you know all those places want to support a local company but for us to get the price to where it is and to get the flavor to where it is shit i you asked the question earlier i i that was not a fun project at all that was probably my least fun thing <laughs> so well shall we yeah we should let's do it <clears throat> So on this, on our brandy, um, we found that we have to buy the grapes from California okay. in order to get that flavor profile. Um, so those are those are sourced from from California. I feel like I just tattled on myself. I wish it was Wisconsin grapes. <laughs> have you tried? Doing we it? have, yeah. And and again, like that's I'm not. It, it was really good. Our first batches were were that, but the cost, the um, the sugars were different in it. The fermentation was different in it. Yeah, a little bit less yield. Um, and, and the the experience at the end was just different. Right. So I'm not saying that we're not going to do other brandies down the road with Wisconsin grapes. I think we very much want to. Mm. Um, we just got to get the brandy category uh, heated up. I mean, this is the only this this style is the only thing that's re- that really moves really in Wisconsin. Yeah. Gotcha. And there's other places that you know. You mentioned Great Lakes. You know, they have they have a bunch of different flavor different different flavored brandies. They're really good. Yeah. And I really like them. Um we just we have not gotten there yet and he, you know, guys doing a really good job on those. So, you know, we've played around with some stuff here and there. Well, this is phenomenal. That Isn't is that good. That is sweet. I love this. Mm. Super smooth, super clean. Yeah, it's a thousand times better than Corbell. I, it really is. Wow. And we get that now. And we're going, we're doing side-by-sides. It's a, it's like, it's not quite the Pepsi challenge. A <laughs> little bit less theatrical, but um, it's similar, you know? And, yeah. and um, you know, we win. Have you have you thought about playing around with other types of fruit brandy? Like an apple brandy or a peach brandy? Yeah, we have. And we we have done R&D on it. Okay. Um, it's just not something that, that we... Going back to what I said earlier in the conversation with our distributors, I mean, I can't it, as much. We did we an apple. We did an apple brandy, and it was it was quite good, mm-hmm. and it was really good in cocktails. It's just, you know, brandy's already a a pretty small segment, and then you start going smaller and smaller in that segment. It's it's like what what do you how do you want to focus your distributor? Right. And although it's really good, and I think it would sell when it was placed in the right spots, it's just we can't expect them to get it out. Right. You know. That makes sense. I, I mean, so do you have you done whiskey for longer, or what's what are you known for now? Because this brandy is phenomenal. You know, I don't know what we're known for. I mean, it's, sometimes <laughs> it's in it, you know you're too close to it. Sometimes, yeah. I would say if I like looking at our at our business, 
you know, Brandy and, and Door County Cherry, Cherry, which we'll get to next, are our two best sellers. Okay. It kind of goes back and forth depending on the time of year. And Red Cabin's, right, you know, pretty close behind that. And we've programmed those three as the ones that, that we want to move. Sure. Um, and I don't know, I would say, you know, Brandy or, or Door County Cherry. Yeah. Well, and just speaking objectively, too, I, I mean, I've I've seen Door County Cherry out in the streets more mm-hmm. so than I've, I've seen your bourbon. I've actually, yeah. I've, I've had to search for your Red Cabin. Yeah. And my coming here, I told my dad I'm doing this and it's like, well, I, I just got that for my sister-in-law, uh, Red Cab, or not Red Cabin, uh, Central Standards uh, Door County Cherry. And it's like, okay, well, your dad's a, Your dad's a genius. We're, <laughs> we're old friends now. <laughs> well, the only other crap distilleries that I can think of doing, um, I mean, there's a lot of whiskey distilleries doing gin and vodkas, but the uh, Door County Peninsula has a Door County Cherry vodka and gin. Um, and I don't know, I think they are just up there. I don't know how good your distri- distribution is, but yeah. are you, is that everywhere in the state? Yeah, it is. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. We can move, we can move on to like, let's, we'll talk a little bit more about Dor- Door County Cherry. I think the, <laughs> the story behind it is, it's kind of, is fun. Um, it kind of shows, um, what kind of scrappy entrepreneurs do when faced with the problem. Yeah. Um, I'll tell that story. I'll do that now and we'll talk yeah. about how we make it. So we were we were meeting with uh, the baseball team here in town, and and um, you know they've got a big sponsorship, vodka sponsorship, and they really liked our vodkas and our vodka, but it just wasn't something that they could they could get around the sponsorship, which that's fine, totally yeah. fine. Um, there was a carve out though it, that you know flavored vodka, um, if it was like a local company, local ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Pat and I literally drove separate to the meeting and. They're like, well, do you have anything like that? We're like, well, yeah, of course. I didn't think you'd want it. We left the meeting, both got in our cars. I went to Door County and got cherries. Um, then I went to Wausau and got ginseng. And he went to Toma and got cranberry. And we came back and we made this in like, it's our best selling product. Wow. We, we, we made it in like a week. Wow. Like, and so it was, it was crazy. We brought it back. They're like, love it. Like they make the mule with it. I'm like, fantastic. So um, it was kind of like a, a happenstance, um, right. but yeah, we, I mean, we have a really great relationship with Sequest Orchard and Sister Bay. They do such a great job. And, and if those listening, if, if you've never been to Door County for like cherry season, it's so much fun and it's just beautiful up there. And, and so we go up for, for cherry, the harvest every year and, and they, they press a fresh juice for us. Um, you know, we make the vodka add the juice and then back sweeten it with a little bit of local honey to take a little bit of that tartness out of the, let's try it. Yeah, please. Um, a little bit of the tartness out of the, the cherry, but it's just one of those, it's one of those spirits that you can, you can mix with anything. I mean, I would say, but milk, anything but milk you can mix <laughs> this with. And it's great. Super easy to make cocktails when I'm, when I, again, with the kids, like if I'm at home and I want a cocktail, I can just, you can put it with a juice or you can put it with a Coke and it's a cherry Coke. Yeah. You know, mules are great with it. Oh my God. That's like cherry juice. That's dangerous. But it's funny. I mean, you know, you, you taste that sweetness from the, the honey and the cherries. You know, we don't add sugar to it. We don't add it's, it's, it. The, the category from the government is flavored vodka. Like mm-hmm. we're not flavoring anything. Like we're adding actual ingredients to it. Um, so that's been that you know it's a fun story and and uh, it's delicious in the summer especially it's delicious right now 
10% 10 of the nation's cherries come from Door County, Wisconsin. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, so I I, I talked about that because Door Door County, they have uh, their Door County Whiskey. Is it Door County Whiskey Company? I'm not sure. I think they're part of Door County Peninsula Winery. Um, They have a decent whiskey, a single malt whiskey that Mm. that I enjoy. It's good for a cocktail. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a copy of a scotch. Um, but there's also Hatch, which I'm actually talking to next week. Yeah. And uh, I have a special place in my heart for Door County. I, I uh, grew up in Milwaukee, but my uh, my mom's uh, parents, my grandparents, moved up there 25 years ago, retired up to Sturgeon Bay. Nice. So I've been up there quite a bit. And so Door County Cherries, it pulls on the heartstrings a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so, I like that. Yeah. You'll have a great time at Hatch. Good, they're good guys. It's a cool facility. Egg Harbor is nice. So you're going to hate me. This is another one that I haven't been to. Yeah. And I, I've, I've driven up to Egg Harbor all my life and I, I'm a big whiskey guy and I never made time to go there because it's just it, it, I was there to visit grandma and grandpa. Well, I think <clears> that we we as an industry have done a much better job. I think, you know, when I think guy you just interviewed him, it was he opened in 04, 06, something like that. I think 06. Yeah. So, I mean, it was him and like maybe a couple others until until we came along. So there hasn't been like you've got like this great brewers guild. You've got a great winery association and we're kind of like the new kids on the block. And for the first I'm not, you know, no bullshit. Like the first five years of four or five years of a distillery, it is a grind. I mean, you're just like trying to stay in business, hanging on. Right. It's a big investment to start. And then you just like you're just clawing to stay afloat. And so, you know, we had a lot of us had started around the same time. We just didn't have the time to, to give to like a guild. Sure. And, and so I would say now we've done a good job though. We've got the Wisconsin Distillers Guild. We're part of the Wisconsin Craft Beverage Coalition. Um, we all we all have a little bit more, not a lot more time, but um, we see each other more, right? And and we all are lobbying in Madison or doing events around the state and doing samplings. And it's it's really become kind of a, a it's become a really cool fraternity. That's awesome. I, I, I love that about, I mean, I, I mean, where else can you say that that happens other than craft distilling? I mean, it's just it's a small market, but it's it's it has that we talked about that before that perception of just tender, loving care that you yeah. give to this. I mean, the more and more you talk about this, and the more I can tell you care about the product, which to me, whether or not a side by side would matter, it makes it a better product. Right. It helps the marketing. You don't have to do all that crazy spending on marketing. It's it's organic because of right. the love you have for it. Well, it's genuine. And you know, yeah, I think exactly. That, that, you know, the, the there's lots of distilleries now and not lots, I would say 30 35 to 40 ish in the state um but it's it's 99% asshole free i mean everyone's a, they're all everyone got in for the right reasons yes and and it is genuine and not just us it's it's all, it's all of our peers and and so that has made it i would say a lot easier to support the guild mm-hmm. because there's a lot take take craft alcohol or craft beverage out of it but there's other industries where there's a it's there's a lot more access to come in and take a few quick bucks and get out or whatever. And like there's no nefariousness in this industry. We're all doing it for the right reasons, for the same reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess last last big question. What can we look forward to from Central Standard? What what do you have coming up that people can look forward to? And I mean, tell us about it. That is a great question. Um, you know, we have a lot of great R and D stuff and a lot of plans for next year that I, I can't really share right now, but I would say that that we we need to do a better job, um, Central Standard, in supporting the other markets that we're in. Uh, we you know we do well in Michigan, Iowa, and Minnesota. Sure. Um, are we are we uh, are we giving it our best effort? No, we're not. And it's and it's because we still have so much opportunity in Wisconsin, and and you know we're 
constantly doing these large, you know, this, you know, we bought this building right before, right as COVID was starting and, and finished it two years ago. We've been open for two years. This is a big project for, for a company like ours. Um, we're out of space at our, at our current distillery over by Marquette. You know, we've got two separate warehouses offsite, you know, bonded warehouses, like, you know, so I would say that expansion, um, before expansion of our current production before more expansion, we're not looking to machine gun our way around the country. Um, you know, we want to go deeper in markets. Sure. I mean, our, our whole ethos is we want to build relationships and and not depend on our distributor partners it's not fair to them it's not fair to the accounts um where you know we send a truckload up to minnesota and it's like all right guys well you paid for it so you might as well sell it <laughs> like we want to be we want to be doing that hand-to-hand combat we want to be making those relationships and and it feels a little weird right now because in the last 12 months we haven't done a lot for them and right. And so I would say we need to expand our uh, manufacturing capabilities and then put some more boots on the ground and, and make ourselves more available as we have time to come up for, for air. Sure, sure. Well, hey, I mean, as, as a fan, as a drinker of whiskey and, and uh, obviously other liquors, uh, I, I appreciate what you do. And I appreciate you sitting down with me and having this conversation. Absolutely, man. It was I, nice to meet you. Of course, you too. And I, I hope to give this out to some of my friends and, and people who are listening and they can come to Milwaukee and find a great spot because i mean aside from the whiskey too you have a great event space so do. this is beautiful yeah we've we've been we this has been great for us down here yeah and you know we're like one of four rooftop bars in in milwaukee so it's pretty crazy up there on nice days <laughs> i'm sure well evan it's been a pleasure thank yep. you so much yep good to meet you man you too cheers cheers thanks for listening If you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The more reviews, the easier we are to find. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow us on social media so you never miss any of our updates. Be sure to share this episode with your friends, and always be sure to drink responsibly. There are quite literally thousands of distilleries, so we're just getting started. Stay tuned for more conversations with master distillers, distillery owners, mixologists, and even bar owners and more. Cheers.